Hello, welcome to Talking Flutes with me, Claire Southworth. In recent podcasts, I've been interpreting pieces, talking about points of technique and college auditions and chatting to other flutists. Today, I thought I'd reflect on who has inspired me and why. I'm going to look back on previous generations and take you through to today's inspirational players and teachers. The idea came to me as I was rereading a fabulous book called A Word or Two on the Flute by W.N. James, written in 1826. In the book, James gives a brief history of the flute and flute players of his time, and in doing this, he has left a fascinating insight into the flute players of the early 19th century. He covers the ancient flutes, the English and German flutes, and talks about articulation, tone and expression. But as I just said, the most interesting part is when he talks about the performers of the present day, that is, the early 19th century. Names you might recognise are Nicholson, Drouet, Rudel, Tulu, and many others. I love his observations on the various styles and techniques of the players. For example, on Nicholson, he says, The tone which Mr Nicholson produces on the flute is perhaps the most extraordinary thing that he does. It is not only clear, metallic and brilliant, but it possesses a volume that is almost incredible. On Drouet, he says, His expression is one of his very highest beauties. It is chaste, appropriate and always judicious and classical. It's a great idea for a book today, talking about all the different players and performance styles, and one which I think I might undertake. But for now, let me take you back to some of my inspirational players and teachers. I recently posted a photo on Instagram of Geoffrey Gilbert and Peter Lucas Graf. They both taught on the International Flute Summer School, both such wonderful gentlemen of the flute. Geoffrey, at the time I knew him, was not performing, only teaching. He had such patience in his teaching. His only agenda was to help you play better. He had the ability to pinpoint any areas of technique that might be holding you back and then tell you exactly how to correct it and move forward. When he did demonstrate, his technique was brilliant. Secure, fast, accurate, neat and even. He still practices scales every day at the age of 70, which of course reminds me immediately of another hugely inspirational and icon of today, Sir James Galway. More of Sir James later, though. Peter Lucas Graf was also inspirational for his incredible musicianship and immaculate articulation and technique. Listen to him play and enjoy the beauty of expression interpretation. Everything is so well thought out, profound and insightful. His teaching challenged you to try new ideas and he was always so encouraging. William Bennett, or Wibb as he is known, also taught at the summer school. He's often talked about as the modern-day Nicholson with his expansive and varied tone and the most exquisite expression. His concerts when I was 15 years old were mesmerising. I couldn't believe how he made the flute speak and I always tried to keep his sound in my head when I practised. Go and listen to his early recordings, the Bach G minor concerto, Mozart concerti, and as a member of the English Chamber Orchestra, the William Boyce symphonies and the Bach B minor suite. There are so many it's difficult to choose. The next big influence on my flute playing life has been Sir James Galway. I grew up listening to The Man with the Golden Flute and The Twinkling Eyes. His sound was the purest and the most beautiful I had ever heard. He played with such brilliance and so easily, seemingly effortless. 
We owe such a huge debt of gratitude to him because so many people took up the flute as a result of hearing Sir Jimmy and teachers like me were never out of work. The flute in the 80s was the most popular instrument because of the Jimmy effect. I was also very lucky to attend courses with Marcel Moyes and even though by that time he was only able to sit and teach, he never lost that mischievous twinkle in his eyes and still had the ability to inspire his students. I remember every piece that I played to him. One was Doppler's Air Valac, and in the slow movement, he said to me, play to God up there in the sky, and he was referring to his teacher, Paul Taffanel, who remained such an influence on Moyes. Julius Baker came to teach in Manchester when I was a student, and he could play anybody's flute and sound just as wonderful as if he was playing his own instrument. He also had patience and a very relaxed style of teaching and playing and he was able to coax out the very best in students. So those were my idols whilst growing up and being a student, and Galway, Graf and Wibb are still here today. Other influences were Peter Lloyd, with whom I had the privilege of sitting next to in the London Symphony Orchestra, Roger Rostrum from the Halley Orchestra, and Roger taught me more about orchestral playing than I had ever learnt at college. From the States... Jeannie Backstresser, Paula Robeson, Nesta Torres and Robert Dick. Robert spent so many years exploring what the flute was capable of and paved the way for today's player composers such as Ian Clarke. In one memorable concert, Robert played a Paganini Caprice harmonised with multiphonics, so giving the effect of a three or four part harmony underneath the main flute line. Mind-blowing. The students of those very early years that inspired me were James Dower, Colin Fleming, Bernard Wilkinson and Kate Hill. They were all more advanced than I was, but I still vividly remember as a 15-year-old hearing them perform and hoping that I could emulate them in some way. All different styles and sounds, but each impacting on my musical education. Let me move on to my peers and my generation. I studied with Wissam Bustani at the Royal Northern College of Music in Manchester and I chatted to him on Talking Flutes just a few months ago. If you haven't heard it, try and make some time to listen and to hear him speak. When we son played, I had to stop and listen. He made every note mean something. He poured his heart into all that he played, totally immersing himself into the music. I remember listening to a dress rehearsal of we son playing the Cacciatorian Concerto, and I was spellbound. I have never heard that piece played better, and he was probably only 21 years old at the time. There are, of course, so many players I could mention. I'm sorry if I've missed anyone, but maybe this is a topic I should continue in another podcast. My peers that have had a profound effect are Michael Cox, Gareth Davis, Paul Edmund Davis, Lorna McGee, Daniel Palethorpe, Dave Heath, Ian Clark, Sam Coles. You notice there is a distinct lack of women players. Back in the 80s and 90s, it was difficult to make your mark as a female player, but thank goodness times have changed. Let me briefly mention a few. I sat next to Paul Edmund Davis for a few years in the London Symphony Orchestra. He was the most complete and professional player I'd ever worked with. He had an exquisite, beautiful tone and the ability to project whether playing forte or piano. He never seemed to have any technical issues. Everything flowed easily and smoothly, regardless of the repertoire. Michael Cox, we joke of as being principal flute of everything. He's had such an incredible career to date. His sound can be huge and resonant, soft but projecting. He's constantly pushing the boundaries and saying something different musically, 
a totally engaging performer. Ian Clark has established himself as a player-composer, writing in a highly individual style and extending the contemporary techniques that are possible on the flute. But he also writes beautiful expressive melodies, and so the techniques become a natural element of these melodies, not an intrusion on them. So what annoys me? I find that today I become easily irritated when watching and listening to flutists. The things that annoy me most are excessive movements, volume and vibrato. There is no need to sway all over the place and quite often if you close your eyes the people who move the most have the least expression. Big, loud and aggressive sounds. There seems to be so much emphasis on making huge noises to the detriment of beautiful ones. There's not enough beauty in the sounds I hear today. The tone production should change according to the needs of the music. As performers, we should be changing the colours, dynamics, vibrato and emotions. It's the combination of these techniques that help us sound beautiful. Vibrato should vary according to style and emotion rather than excessive, constant wobble. So what about the next generation of inspirational performers? I'll just mention three for now. All of them have come through the Royal Academy of Music in London and are making their mark on the music scene. Joshua Batty, who has just gained the principal flute position at the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. Charlie Ashton, who went straight from the Royal Academy to principal flute of the BBC Scottish Orchestra. And Elena Valentin, who is performing as a soloist on the international scene and is a name to remember. That then is a brief resume of my influences through the years those that have inspired me and helped me in my own musical journey. I think this is a topic I will revisit in the future. If you have any questions or ideas for topics, do email me at flutepodcasts at gmail.com. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.